Good afternoon. I'm Karen Brown for New England Public Radio News. Airplane travel has gotten a bad rap the last several years. The hassles, the discomfort, the nervousness. Mark von Hanacker doesn't buy any of that. The Pittsfield, Massachusetts native has loved flying since he was a boy, and now he's a commercial pilot. His new memoir, Skyfaring, is essentially a love letter to the skies. I asked him what he hoped to convey to the flying public. Airplanes are just beautiful creations. I think they're one of the loveliest examples of how form follows function. You know, when I walk up to a plane in the terminal and I, and I see these enormous shining wings, and I think that plane can take us across the world. In fact, I'm going to take it across the world. <laughs> you know, as someone who is a, a nervous flyer myself, you know, I love to travel, but, but I am a nervous flyer. So I really appreciated reading how much you love, you know, some of the very things that, that make me uncomfortable, like the height and the long periods of time, you know, off the ground. So do you find yourself trying to soothe nervous flyers with your own love of flight? You know, it's part of our job, of course, to help uh, passengers who are uncomfortable with flight to have a better journey. So before departure, sometimes a customer will identify themselves as a nervous flyer to the flight attendants. Um, And if there's time, they'll come up to the flight deck and we'll talk to them. You know, people always have questions about turbulence. The the best summary of it is that it can be uncomfortable, but it's never dangerous. Um, And that's something that people find uh, reassuring. So you're a long-haul pilot, and you, you fly 747s. Um, is there a different pilot culture between short-haul and, and long-haul pilots? It's a very different kind of work. There are some people who, who love short-haul. They might joke that they're a flat earther, you know, saying that they're not really appreciating the full curvature of the Earth on such short flights. Um, and then there are people who love long-haul, and I guess I'm one of, one of them. I, I was always super excited by the idea of journeys of a great scale, journeys that on a globe would, you'd have to turn the globe around to see where you're going. And uh, even when I flew on short haul within Europe, our longest flights when I was on the Airbus uh, were from London uh, to Tripoli and to Istanbul. And those were three and a half hour flights or so. And even those were exciting to me simply because they were to places that growing up in Pittsfield, <laughs> I, never, I never thought I'd be going to Tripoli or Istanbul. Now, my sense is that there's been more automation in flying, you know, autopilots and um, just more systems that do things on their own. And I'm wondering if that's true. And, and if so, does that make flying for a pilot less fun? I think the automation systems are actually very interesting to me. Uh, you know, we've designed these machines to work around people. And the ways in which those systems have been designed, whether it's the color coding of the various symbols or the kinds of things which generate noise versus those that don't, um, has all been really carefully designed to account for being flown by, by humans. It teaches you a lot about people as well as machines. But it's, it's really not fair to say that the autopilot is flying the plane at those points because you know, we're directing its path in a way that relies on decades of experience between me and the captain and uh, a whole set of other tools that require a human element. I always think about that blow-up doll in the movie Airplane in the 70s, but I'm I'm guessing that's not really what it looks like. No, sadly not, although um, I have to say that I reckon that about a quarter of all the jokes in the cockpit are related to that that movie. Please don't call me Shirley, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) what's your vector, Victor? Uh, All right, I I find that comforting somehow. So... um, since you grew up in, in Pittsfield in Western Massachusetts, can you talk about what Western Mass looks like from the air? It essentially looks like a forest. I mean, you know, Massachusetts is one of the most densely populated states, we're told, uh, but that relates mostly to the eastern part. And even the area around Springfield I mean, it essentially looks like a forest from above. It's, it's a pleasing thing to see how much green it is. And just the same way at night, 
I mean, you can see the I-91 corridor going up. It's almost like a river in the sense that it has, well, it is on a river. It's on the Connecticut, I guess. And you can almost follow the path of towns going up that. But to see that home from above is a really wonderful thing. And sometimes on the most unlikely of journeys, the great circle route from London to Mexico City actually passes very close to the Berkshires. And, you know, I'm on a plane with 350 people, all of which have some connection to either Mexico City or London. And yet, I look down as we pass the Berkshires, and I wonder if there's anyone else on the plane who's even heard of the area.